hello, and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Enjoy the message. We're going to continue in our conversation on the kingdom life, and I want to give a message tonight titled, The Beautiful Letdown. The Beautiful Letdown. I get this phrase from one of my favorite songs, which has the same title, The Beautiful Letdown, um, by Switchfoot and, and John Foreman wrote the song. Um, and I want to share some lyrics with you. I'm not going to sing them, so don't worry. I'm just going to read them to you because nobody needs to hear that. Uh, this, is the, this is the line from the song. It was a beautiful letdown the day I knew that all the riches this world had to offer me, they'd never do. It was a beautiful letdown the day I knew all the riches the world had to offer me, they'd never do. This, this specific set of lyrics have always stuck out to me, and, and I'm sure as you heard them right now, they, they stuck out to you and, and reminded you of what a beautiful letdown this world is. Many of us understand the truth of, of these words. We've, we've, we've tasted what the world is like, and we've understand that it's not what we thought it was. We've... we've We've seeked after the things of this world. We've, we've pursued it. We've gone to the world for comfort, for meaning, for value. And we've been let down time and time again. My friends, I want to just remind you for a moment that that's a beautiful letdown. Because those letdowns are really why we're here today. Amen. A lot of these letdowns are why we're sitting here. A lot of those letdowns are why Jesus is so precious to us. A lot of those letdowns are, are why we're taking so seriously the pursuit of living the kingdom life. Because we know the kingdom life is not like the life of the world. The kingdom life, there's joy and there's peace and there's satisfaction and there's fullness. And there's promises that are always fulfilled, amen? The world, it can't keep up its end of the bargain. Over and over again, you'll be let down if you continue to pursue it. But what I wanna do tonight is I wanna talk about and highlight just some wonderful things that are in the kingdom of heaven, that, that as we live the kingdom life, as we pursue it, what we get to experience and be a part of. So if you're here tonight and you don't really know if you're pursuing the kingdom life or you're kind of hearing about it here at Discovery Point and you want to hop in, man, tonight's the night. Make that commitment and live the kingdom life. If you're here and you're living the kingdom life, man, I want to encourage you tonight to keep going. Keep fighting the fight. Let's run this race well. And let's keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Amen. The, the specific scripture we're going to look at tonight are the three Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, 7, and 8. And they're going to be on the screen for you um, right here, reading out of the English Standard Version, the ESV. Or as it, we, with the student ministry, we call it the ISVA. That's what we call it back there. Picking up in verse 6, this is what Jesus says. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. We're going to read that one more time. Back up. And y'all know it because we just sang it. Verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Those are our verses tonight. That's what we're going to dive into. Let's take a moment and, and pray 
before we really dive in. Heavenly Father, we, we come before you. And I heard this week a pastor say that you show up where you're wanted. God, we, we want you here tonight. We want your spirit to, to touch us, to change us, to shape us, to mold us. God, we, we want you here. If you don't show up, it's just a bunch of cool people hanging out. But when you're here, lives change, chains fall off. You do things that, God, we could never imagine, and I ask you to do those tonight. Pray for anybody in here, Lord, who feels like they're going through it. I ask, God, that you would just give them a moment of peace and a breath of fresh air as we dive into your word. Pray, God, for any, any burdens in here. You, you tell us to give them to you. So, God, I pray that you give us the strength to give you those burdens that we're carrying. God, I pray for myself, as I know I can't do this without you, and I won't try. But, God, I will abide in you as you abide in me. I ask that when words fill me, you would speak, God, because I don't know what we need to hear, but you do. So, God, have your way tonight with us. We love you. God, we're believing that you're going to do something amazing. And help us to just have a lot of fun as we dive in. We ask this in your precious and your holy name. Amen. Amen. So the first kind of point of our, our conversation tonight, as we turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 specifically, is the letdown of worldly satisfaction. The letdown of worldly satisfaction. Now, many of us know this, and I don't got to spend too much time on it, but we know that there's nothing in the world that can truly satisfy our soul. We know the world has nothing in it that, that can last forever. The world has nothing in it that, that can completely bring us purpose and value and meaning. I want to show you a reality statement that goes like this. The world does not have the power to free us from the pursuit of satisfaction, but it does have the power to keep us in it. It doesn't have the power to free us from the pursuit of satisfaction, but it has the power to keep us in it. What I mean by that is the world has this way of feeding us things that will always leave us wanting something else, always leave us wanting more, pursuing more. So what the world gave us might have been cool for a second, but, but there was still something else in us that wanted something more. There was something in our soul that wouldn't stop searching, wouldn't start, stop looking. And we come, as we look at the world, we, we come into this cycle of never being fully satisfied and always chasing after what's next, always seeking after what's next, reaching and grabbing for anything to satisfy our souls. But the kingdom of God is not like that. The kingdom of God is about freedom. And as you look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, Stu, if we can back up, I think the verse is on that slide so we can see it. There's freedom there. And let me show you where it's at. Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are those who there is there is satisfaction in its fullness in the pursuit of righteousness and the pursuit of holiness. The world can't keep its promises, but Jesus always does. Amen. And when Jesus says, when you hunger and you pursue righteousness, when you thirst for holiness, there you will find satisfaction. You see, there's freedom in that. Jesus breaks the cycle of constantly wanting more. 
he, he breaks the search of, of, of trying different things and seeking different things to find purpose in our life. He's it. And Jesus says, when you seek righteousness, when you seek the kingdom, you will be filled. You will be satisfied. Jesus has the promise, and he's waiting for us to take hold of it. You see, if you want to be satisfied, we have a role to play. Jesus will keep up his end of the bargain. It's our job to hunger for righteousness and to pursue holiness. Jesus will take care of the rest. This is available to us, my friends. This, this satisfaction, this freedom is available to us if we will seek it where it's found. That's our role, to seek it where it's found, and we will find it in Jesus. To give us some more insight on this, I want to show you a quote from Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. And this is what he says. He says, we are not to hunger and thirst after blessedness. We are not to hunger and thirst after happiness. But that is what most people are doing. We put happiness and blessedness as the one thing that we desire, and thus we always miss it. It always eludes us. According to the scriptures, happiness is never something that should be sought directly. It is always something that results from seeking something else. My friends, if we're going to live the kingdom life, we got to make a change. We got to pivot. We got to stop seeking after happiness. We got to stop seeking after the blessing. And we got to start seeking after what Jesus told us to start seeking after. We got to make a pivot. We got to make a change and pursue what Jesus tells us to pursue. And what we'll find is the happiness that we long for and the satisfaction that we long for is found in the pursuit of righteousness. That's what we will find. So if we're going to live this kingdom life, we got to make a pivot. we got to make a change and aim at something different. Aim at righteousness. And we'll find everything that we long for. I want to show you one more quote. Oh, actually, no, I want to show you a Bible verse, um, <laughs> which is kind of a quote, right? <laughs> Matthew chapter 6, 33, just so you see it in the words of Jesus, because this is what we're talking about. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Right? That's it right there. We could, we could have just read that and moved on. But that's what Jesus says. Seek first the kingdom. All these things will be added to you. Now I want to show you a quote um, from John Piper that I just, I love the way he put this. He said, life is too short, too precious, too painful to waste on worldly bubbles that burst. Too short too precious, too painful to waste on worldly bubbles that burst. I love that quote. Such a great perspective and, and such a great way to put it. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. There's freedom in it. Let's hunger and let's thirst for righteousness. As we turn now to our next verse, Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. Now, I want to touch a little bit on the letdown of a self-centered life. But to do that, I want to, I want to really dive into this verse, Matthew 5, 7. It says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Now, this word merciful right here is super interesting. It also, in the original language, that word can be translated compassion. And the word in the original language is only used one other time in the New Testament. It's used in Hebrews chapter 2 to describe Jesus as our merciful high priest. Now, what that tells me is that there is a standard set for the level of compassion that we are to live our lives with. We are to live our lives like Christ. We are to strive to be as compassionate as Jesus. 
He was the most compassionate person that ever walked the earth. He was the embodiment of compassion and love and grace and goodness. We are to strive to be like that. Can we do it? We can with this help. We can with this help, right? But, man, we know we're all too human sometimes, right? There'll be times where we, where we stumble, where we come up short, where we don't, we don't meet what we're aiming to meet. But that's not an excuse not to give it a shot, amen? That's not an excuse to lean into Christ, to lean into God and, and let him do something in our lives that we've never seen him do before. I want to I bring up a reality statement for you to hit this point, and, and I hope it brings you some encouragement that God doesn't call us to a life based off of what we can accomplish on our own, but by what he can accomplish by working through us. He's got a life for us, and he knows we don't have what it takes to live it. And he's cool with that. He's not worried about that. God will fill in the gaps. He will, he will do the rest. But we're called to live a kingdom life, an incredible life, a life that is about others, a life that is full of compassion and love and grace for others. We're called to live like Jesus. We're called to be compassionate like Jesus. Imagine if everybody in this room this week woke up every day and prayed, God, make me more compassionate. Make me compassionate like Jesus was. That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Well, I got some good news for you. That's what everybody's going to do this week. I got this thing that, that I want to add, and I'm going to call it a kingdom action, a kingdom action. This is an action that we can take or a habit that we can begin to form to live more like a kingdom citizen. So I want to challenge you this week. Listen, I challenge the students every week with something like this, a Bible verse to memorize or to read every day or a prayer to pray. And for the most part, I think they do it. And so if they can do it, I know you can do it because I know them. <laughs> and if they can do it, you can do it. But I just, that's what we got to do. That's the kingdom action just for a week. Let's all of us commit to wake up every day and just simply pray, Lord, make me more compassionate today. Make me more loving today. God, make me like Jesus. I want to strive to be as compassionate as he was, as he is. Pray that every day and let's see how differently our, our lives are, how differently our relationships are at work or with our family or, or, or how different um, God just starts doing different things and bringing opportunities to you because now you're seeking to be compassionate to others. Are y'all down to commit to try to do this? Let's do it, man. This is the kingdom action for this week that I want everybody to, to dive into and take seriously. One more thing on this is, is I kind of want to talk about the letdown of a self-centered life. One of my favorite things that ever happened in the Bible was somebody asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And I read that as, okay, Jesus, what's the greatest thing I can do with my life? What should I strive to do with my life? Jesus said, love God and love others. That right there tells me that this life is not about me. Our lives, they're not about ourselves, but they're about others. And there's a letdown in, in only living your life for yourself. Because when you live a life for yourself, you'll never go the extra mile for somebody else. When you're living your life for yourself, you're never willing to do something that, that would cost you something, to experience what it means to sacrifice for the better of somebody else. The, the, the self-centered life is the most limited life that you could ever live. Because that is the opposite of the life you were designed to live. 
The letdown of a self-centered life is it will never allow you to fully experience what it means to be compassionate, to be merciful, to be loving, to be forgiving, to show grace. Which, my friends, are we ever more like Jesus than when we're showing those things to others? I don't think so. I don't think so. So let's step into that this week. Let's pray for compassion in our hearts. And may it not just be an idea. May it be an action that we take that God would give us the strength to move towards people in compassion. Amen? Amen. Lastly, as we move, uh, I don't think I forgot anything in there, Stu, did I? What's the next slide? No? I think we're good. Uh, Matthew chapter 8. I'm sorry, Matthew 5, verse 8. It says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And what I want to talk about right here is the letdown of a divided heart the letdown of a divided heart, what I really want you to do right now is is lean in with me. Because what we find in this verse, I think, is one of the most important things for us in living the kingdom life. What What we find in here, this truth that is in this verse, will go a long way in helping us live the kingdom life. So let's lean in. Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. As I was studying this verse, reading commentaries, word studies, all of that good stuff, this specific theme kept popping up and got my attention. And I want to show you what I mean. I got a few examples on the screen for you of what kept popping up. One of them was a quote that said, the pure in heart exhibit a single-minded devotion to God. The pure in heart exhibit a single-minded devotion to God. Another quote said, the pure in heart denotes one who loves God with all his heart, with an undivided loyalty, an undivided loyalty. And Stott said, in this case, the pure in heart is the single heart, the single heart. Something that I think Jesus is telling us here in this verse is that the pure heart that we're talking about is a heart that is fully devoted to God and nothing else. It, it's devoted to God. It is, it is devoted. It is undivided. The heart has loyalty. It has a single ambition and a single desire, and that's to pursue God and to love God. We, we can't live the kingdom life with a divided heart. We can't live the kingdom life with a divided heart. And you see, the world, it, it's out here trying to divide our heart. It's trying to, 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 to take some, some loyalty. It's trying to, to take some of our attention. It's trying to take some of our desire away from us. But you can't be there and live the kingdom life. I want to give you an example of this in Mark chapter 10. Starting in verse 17, it'll be on the screen for you. This is uh, known as the story of the rich man, of the rich young ruler, of the rich young man. It's got many titles, but it's a great example of what we're talking about. In verse 17 The story goes that as Jesus was was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him. He knelt down and he asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer the question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and honor your mother. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these things since I was young. Looking at him, the man, looking at the man, Jesus, he felt genuine love for him. 
There is still one thing you haven't done, he told them. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come and follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. What we see in this story is a young man who, on the outside, kind of looked like he had it all together, right? He was young, he had money, which means he had friends, <laughs> or friends, you know what I'm saying? He, he, in terms of morality, was a great guy. He says, I've kept all the commandments. But what we see in this story is, while he may have looked like he had it all together, this guy had a hole in his heart. He may have had all the things of this world, but something in his heart was telling him there was something more to this life. We see that because he, when he gets a chance to find the answer to the question he wants to know, he literally runs after it, sprints after Jesus, sprints after the chance to talk to him, to ask him the question that has been haunting him, that's been on his mind lately. Is this all there is to life? Is there something more? And it's always been interesting to me that the guy found exactly what he was looking for. He, he found exactly, like if he goes back home and the person who saw him running asks, hey, did you find the answer to the question you asked? The guy would have to say yes because he got the answer to the question that he was looking for. But his heart was not in the right place to receive it. His heart was not in the right place to receive it because you see his heart was divided. And while, while a part of him was longing for something more than the world could give him. The other part was satisfied with what the world had given him. While part of his heart longed for treasures in heaven, the other part was satisfied with the temporary treasures of the world. My friends, your heart cannot be in two places and you be whole. Jesus tells us where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your heart cannot be in two places and you be fully whole. It will tear you apart. And that's what we see in this young man as he puts his head down because his heart was divided. My friends, we have to have a heart that's devoted, holy and fully to Jesus. We have to have a heart that says what that old song used to say, you can have all this world. I just want Jesus. The kind of heart that says, no matter what happens, no matter what I'm offered, no matter what I'm facing, no matter what I'm going through, God, you can have my heart. And the world will try to scratch and crawl to get it back from you. But you're devoted and you're steadfast and you're committed because you think about where your heart belongs. You think about what Jesus did on the cross for you. Jesus gave everything for us. Who are we not to give everything back to him? To say, you, you, you have my heart. It's better in your hands than it is in mine. To give him our hearts. To pursue righteousness. To pursue holiness. To be compassionate. To be loving. To be kind. To be devoted to Jesus Christ. I pray that is our story. I pray that that is our lives, that we never walk away from Jesus with our heads held down because our heart wasn't in the right place.
But we do the first part of what the young man did. Ran after him with all he had. Got down on his knees. And sought life where it was found. I want to leave you with the reality statement as we close out. The kingdom life will flow out of a heart that is devoted to God. The kingdom life will flow out of a heart that is devoted to God. That is what I mean when I say in this verse, I think is the key to living the kingdom life, the thing that will keep us from giving up and keep us pushing forward. A heart that's devoted to God, it'll keep you going, amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we love you so much, and, and we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your incredible mercy. God, you are, you are so good. God, that, that we don't have to, to go to the ends of the earth to try to find purpose. We don't have to search anymore for life. We don't have to search for happiness. We don't have to search for meaning. We don't have to search for value. We don't have to search for peace. God, we have all of that in you. Everything we could ever need, it's found in you. God, I pray that you would help us to be the kind of people that would seek after you with all we have and, and, and these longings in our soul that we would take them to you because you, you are where they are found. God, I pray that you would help us to forsake the things of this world. That, God, you would help us to, to, to let go of them. God, if there's anybody in this room and they feel like the world's got a hold of them, I pray right now, God, in the name of Jesus, that you would, you would lift that from them. That, God, they would let go. And their hands would be open to right now to receive your grace and to receive your forgiveness and to be free from whatever they're going through. God, I pray that as we pursue the kingdom life, that, God, we would pursue it for the right reasons, that our heart would be devoted to you, that we would thirst for righteousness. God, help us to do that. We don't do that naturally. You have to help us to do that. Help us to thirst for righteousness. Help us to hunger for holiness, Lord. Help us to be compassionate. Help us to be devoted. God, we love you so much, and I thank you for, for what you did in this room tonight. And I just want to say, if you're in here and you've never given your life to Christ or, or you have the question like the young man had about eternal life, real life, life everlasting, life in abundance. I just, I want to encourage you to come grab me or, or Pastor Greg and, and we would love to just share with you what Jesus has done for us and what he's done for you. For those of us in this room, God, who are, who are pursuing the kingdom of life, but we're tired and we're weary and we're beat down, I pray that you would rejuvenate us tonight by your spirit that you would give us a fire and a passion to continue to run this race well. God, help us to abide in you as we do it. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.